Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is Jesus's Parables and the Mystery of the Kingdom. The title of Dr. George's sermon today is Don't Let the Weeds Get the Best of You. The big idea is the weeds in life are to be expected, but they will never take over God's agenda. This morning's parable is the parable of the weeds found in the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter, Matthew 13, beginning with the 24th verse, where Matthew records that Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven, he said, is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then, then the weeds also appeared. And the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? And he answered, an enemy did this. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull the weeds up? No, no, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. So let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. May God add his blessings to this, the reading of his word. Because our Lord Jesus ministered for the most part in his early years in the region of Galilee, northern part of Israel, a part that was known primarily for its farming and its fishing. You read the Gospels and you see how so many of Jesus' teachings drew from those life experiences. It was Jesus' way of reminding his disciples that when he taught about the kingdom of heaven. He wasn't talking primarily about this otherworldly phenomenon. He was instead talking about the inbreaking of God's reign, an inbreaking that brought about God's providential purposes as he taught his disciples to pray on earth as it always is in heaven so that if you yourself are a farmer or a fisherman you have no problem resonating with Jesus teachings but if you are like I am and you are neither then you hear these teachings and while you might superficially understand what Jesus was getting at. It requires of us, who are not farmers or fishermen, it, it requires of us a bit more openness, 
a bit more contemplation, a bit more reflection and meditation so that we might be challenged by these teachings so that after we have been challenging, the grace that undergirds these teachings might be able then and only then to set us back on our feet. Such are the emotions that I feel whenever I hear this parable of the weeds, consider the story, Jesus telling his disciples that one day there was a man who decided that it was time to begin sowing his field and so he determined that he would sow his field with the best seed available. And at this point in the story, we say to ourselves, certainly those of you who are farmers or at least gardeners, this guy knows what he is doing. But wouldn't you know it, somewhere along the way, this man had somehow made an enemy, an enemy who had determined that the best way that he could get at this man was to go into his field under the cloak of darkness and sow something else into it, weeds. And not just any kind of weed, but a weed that would be in the early part of the growing season indistinguishable from the wheat. And that's exactly what the enemy does. He goes into the field under the cloak of darkness, he sows this special kind of weed that in the early season will not be able to be distinguished from the wheat. And when the wheat begins to grow, Jesus says, and the heads of those grains of the wheat begin to appear, the weeds appear with them. So much so that the man's Field workers are perplexed because they know that their master is a smart farmer. He would never have done such a thing, sowing weeds into a field that was meant, intended to bring about a harvest of wheat. And so they approach their master. Where did these weeds come from? There is a part of them that wants the master to know that they in no way have sabotaged their master's intent, but the master is not concerned about his workers. He knows, he knows where these weeds have come from without hesitation. He says to his workers, an enemy has done this. Not only is this man a smart farmer, he is wise in the ways of the world. He knows that there is evil in this world. There are those who cannot stand to see other people prosper and who will go to any length necessary to sabotage them and to do them in so that when the workers hear their master's explanation, an enemy has done this. They reasonably 
ask of their Lord, do you want us to pull them up? Which is what farmers and gardeners do, do they not? They pull up the weeds. No, no, the master says. Let them grow together. For if you pull up the weeds, you may inadvertently, by mistake, pull up the wheat. No, no, let them grow together. And when the harvest comes, we'll then be able to determine the weeds from the wheat. We will take the weeds, we will tie them into bundles. We will take the weeds to be burned and as far as the wheat, they will then be gathered into my barn. What Jesus wants his disciples to understand is the simple truth. It's simple for us to comprehend with our heads. It's it's a very different thing for us to comprehend this simple truth with our hearts. As long as life goes on, evil will always exist with the good so that God's call for us in the meantime is to be patient, to let both grow together and, and to understand that in the process the evil will not triumph over the good and the enemy will not prevail over the master. And as for us, we must not let as workers in God's field we must not let ourselves become perplexed or exasperated over all that the enemy does to distract us and to disturb us and to do us in. One of the reasons, one of the reasons that this teaching of Jesus challenges me is because I fancy myself a weed puller. I get paid to pull the weeds that the enemy has sown. And my inclination is when I see something that is not right that appears to me to be contrary to the purposes of God, my inclination is to speak against it and to do something about it and to uproot it. And so, and so this teaching of Jesus, no, 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 no. Let them grow together to be patient is to recognize that God is in control, that his sovereign purposes will not be frustrated and to believe that in the end God's will shall remain supreme. How many times have we seen 
where well-intentioned souls had taken it upon themselves to do some weed-pulling and in the process uprooted some precious wheat standing in the way of all that God intended to do, serving, in effect, the purpose of the enemy. How much better to trust our lives to God in the confidence that only God knows the hearts of his human creation and only God can change those hearts to be the kind of people that God in his mercy and his grace ultimately intends for them to be. When I read this parable, it challenges me because I consider myself to be a weed puller and you pay me to be a weed puller in part when the truth of the story and the truth of the gospel is that only God knows any of our hearts and it is the grace of God that when we open our hearts to it changes us into the kind of people who live productive lives for the kingdom. Someone who helped me understand this parable was a teacher of preachers named Fred Craddock and I have, I have mentioned Craddock before, teacher of preachers at Emory passed away some years ago, but known among preachers for his poignant and powerful stories and his allusions and his commentaries on text. He was a New Testament PhD, and I found his take on the parable of the weeds most helpful, Craddock. Craddock invites us to take out some old pictures of ourselves. And to study those old pictures. And Craddock says to us, in effect, I bet some of you look pretty weedy in those old pictures. And I thought about it in my own life. And the truth of the matter is I can recall a season in my life when certainly I might have looked more weedy than I would have cared to admit. And, and truth be told, probably some of you were right there with me, I dare say. Most of you, no, I'll go so far as to say all of you at some point in your life, as was I, a little bit weedy. I bet some of you, I bet some of you, Craddock invites us to recall. I bet some of you were the kid that the parents of other children didn't want their kids playing with you on the playground because you had a reputation of being a little mean. Some of us can resonate. Craddock says, I bet some of you, as you look at the picture of your 
old you. I bet some of you can see yourself reflecting back to that time that you were the child that the coach on your softball team or your baseball team or your basketball team was encouraged by the parents of the other children to cut. We don't need that child on our team. Some of us can identify with that. I bet some of you, Craddock says, can look at your picture and remember how you were the boy that some girl's father told her to dump. And some of you were the girl that some boy's mother said, well, she's okay, but she's not the girl for you. We look at those pictures, we think back to that time in our lives, and we, we remember how weedy we were. And Craddock says, praise God that no one took the sickle to you at that moment in your life, you would have been history. And indeed we would. But look at us today. Look at us today. We're not as weedy as we used to be. We're shocks of wheat in the garden of God, we are people who have responded to God's grace in Jesus Christ. God knowing our hearts in a time when we were of no benefit to the kingdom and yet God worked in us in such a way that something changed within us. We became, as the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth, a new creation. It now becomes not just our responsibility. It becomes our privilege as workers in God's kingdom field to say to a world that is too prone to be judgmental and to be critical and to be rigid and to want to uproot everyone who doesn't think like they think, see life as they see it, no, no. Be patient. Let things be. Trust God to be at work. For only God knows everyone's heart and only God is capable of changing a person's heart from being bad or evil or weedy to becoming good. Surely you've seen that. You've seen that in your life, but surely you've seen that in the lives of others. In the history of this great church, how many times can we think of people that at one time we would have written off but because we felt inspired not to but to continue to be open to them and 
and to love them and to care for them in the spirit of Jesus, we saw this radical transformation that only Jesus could have brought about. Mary Hollingsworth is a pastor's wife. She's also an author. In one of her books titled Fireside Stories, she tells the story of a man she calls Rick. That's not his real name. But his story is true. It was at a time when her husband and she were involved in a congregation down south. In a part of the south where people who are not fully affiliated with the church can appear a little weedy. Certainly this, this fellow Rick was that kind of person. He chewed tobacco, and his language was a little salty, but he loved to play softball, and so the church that Mary's husband served, they had a softball team, and some of the fellows in the church decided that you know, Rick, Rick was a great high school baseball player. We need him on the softball team, and you know how that goes. There was a season when Mountain Brook Baptist Church had a softball team, and I'm sure that this church, like every church, had a rule that if you play on the church softball team, you got to come to church. That's why Sunday night church existed, to get the Ricks to come to church so that they could play softball on the church softball team. I've been there. Just come on Sunday night. Well, Rick came on Sunday night so that he could play softball with the church softball team. and It came time for vacation Bible school. We just finished a great vacation Bible school this year here at Mount Brook Baptist Church. And what a formative time that is in the life of children to be able to introduce them to God's love. And, and it, it just has a way of doing a gracious work in everyone who's a part of it, just those of you who are teachers and workers this week to see God at work. It's just such an exhilarating thing in the life of a church. Came time in their church for vacation Bible school, and in their church, every VBS involves some kind of play. And so Mary, the pastor's wife, thought it would be a good idea to get Rick to be a part of the play. It was her way of trying to get him more involved. Pastors' wives, you know, they, they can be devious in a good kind of way. She wrote the play. She wrote the play, and so she cast all of the characters. And guess, I told you, she was devious in a good sort of way. She cast Rick as Jesus, knowing that God has a sense of humor, and so did all of Rick's friends who were a part of the church. He didn't want any part of it, because truth be told, he didn't know a lot about Jesus. But his friends just continued to pick at him, and so finally, sort of in the form of a dare, he said, I'll do it, I'll do it. 
And he took the role seriously, Mary said. He took the role seriously, learned his lines. Big night came. Sanctuary was packed. There was Rick playing Jesus. Y'all get out of here. You made my father's house a den of thieves. Now y'all go on and scat. What is that kind of production? But it was effective. And in the weeks that passed after vacation Bible school, you know, a lot of the children who had been a part of VBS, they'd, they'd see Rick on Sunday nights and they'd say to each other, there's Jesus, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. God started doing something in Rick's life. He started paying more attention on Sunday nights. And he started coming on Sunday mornings. Then he became involved in a men's Sunday school class. Then he got involved with his wife in some of the church's youth activities. For long, he started teaching a boy's Sunday school class. And it wasn't much longer after that, he became a deacon in that church. And to think, if that church, early on, had cut Rick off and cut him out, how much different his life would have been, but they didn't. They didn't because they knew, brothers and sisters, that's how God's kingdom garden grows. So be patient. Yes, the enemy is at work. We see it every single day. And yes, yes, there are people that exasperate us and frustrate us because they just strike us as being too weedy. But while the enemy works, God is also at work. And God's work is greater. God's purposes cannot be frustrated. God's grace in Jesus Christ will win the day. We know that. We know that. Because of what we have seen God do in us. Let them grow together. In the end, the harvest will come. The weeds will be burned. The wheat will be gathered into the barn. Trust God to continue to work in your life and through your life as only God can so that when the day of judgment comes, you will know without question where you will stand.
And if you're not sure, if you're not sure when that day comes where you will stand, weeds or wheat, thank God that there is still time for you to open your heart to his grace in Jesus Christ. So when that day comes, you will. Let's bow for prayer. We thank you, God, for that blessed assurance that helps us to know that we are your people whom you have called to do your work. We've been reconciled to you through your grace in Jesus Christ at a time when we were sinners who had fallen far short of your glory. And we know even more that in this present moment there is still work that you would do in us and you will to do through us. Help us to focus not on others, but first to focus on ourselves and the state of our souls before you. That your grace may well end up, well up in us and abound through us. That others might experience that new creation only made possible through faith in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work.